Be quiet, cut the music. We are back. Six Inside Podcast. I don't even know what episode it is anymore, but what I do know is this is our first specialty episode. So this is our mock draft special. We have Howlin' back. We have Howlin' friend, Garrett Amato, friend of the show, uh, longtime listener, first time caller over here. Uh, and then we've got Kylie and Schultz. Here's how this is going to work. We are split up into four different sections, essentially. I have a group of teams. Kylie has a group of teams. Schultz has a group of teams. And then Howland and Slash Amato also have a group of teams. We will be making selections for those teams throughout the draft. For example, shocker, I'm drafting for Oklahoma City eventually. I will have all of Oklahoma City's picks. So there's no trading allowed with this. We're just going straight through the entire first round. If you're looking for second round content, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you're not going to find it here. That's for sure. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. First overall pick, Detroit. Uh, Kylie, floor is yours. Uh, very anticipated pick, I'm sure. Yeah, I was really struggling with this one. I uh, wasn't really sure who who to take here. But I think I stumbled upon this guy named Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State. Bring him into town. The Pistons have a good young core building up. Um I think they're still kind of in best player available mode, not really position-based mode, and he's kind of a bigger guard, so he can kind of play wherever. If they need him to handle the ball or score, I think he's going to be a great fit in Detroit and really help build up, continue to build what they're building there. So, yep. I like it. I like it. I think that is probably the way that that's going to end up going to once the draft comes around it's always very fun as you get closer to the draft I found and every year that I followed the draft it's as you start getting closer people are like oh you know could they go with Jalen Green could they go with Evan like all those other names pop up of like maybe we want to take someone else but I'd be personally I'd be shocked if it was anyone but Cade Mm -hmm. dude's a stud too all right I'm gonna pass the floor over to myself uh Houston Rockets second overall pick I went back and forth on this one for a while I'm going to go with Evan Mobley. Um, wow. It, yeah, I know. I still – I think who's going to be the better player between him and Jalen Green as a coin flip, honestly. I think for this draft, the top three players are in an echelon of their own for me. You'll, you see a slight drop-off from four to six, depending on how that order ends up going. But to me, like, you cannot go wrong with Cunningham Green or Mobley. Uh, each of them – are going to have their own kind of unique career path here. I think with Mobley, the cool thing that you're looking at here is he's just very polished, very smart for being as young as he is, moves very well. You can play him at center. I understand Christian Woods there, but I'm of the belief that if you're drafting second overall and it's your own pick, you're not good enough to draft based on fit or based on need. Like your need is good players. So, you know, it. let's, let's say they already had like a, another stud center they were loaded with big men it's like well you got the second overall pick for a reason here you're gonna go with the best player here and to me I think as of now that's Mobley could I see them going Jalen Green yeah absolutely I mean I think that would be an awesome backcourt too with Porter but you know it's uh it's it's gonna be a tough one but I think Mobley ends up being the pick damn all right over to you third overall (laughs) Well, that switches up my plan. Uh, so I was going to go guard here regardless. So um, I, I was going to go Jalen Suggs, but I'm going to go Jalen Green now because I'm going to take best available guard off the um, off the block. Um, I guess for me personally, I'm thinking 
Cleveland's kind of sitting there with two really good guards, and there's a lot of rumors that Sexton is going to be traded, and they're going to try to. T- I, I really like the Knicks, tr- the Knicks rumored trade where they get Obi Toppin and another guy for uh, Sexton. So I could see that possibly being a route that they go. And then if they do go that route, which this is my assumption, I'm fine with them taking Jalen Green in this situation, assuming he's available. Uh, Jalen Green's kind of that two guard. He's the strictly two guard, which is a kind of a better situation for Darius Garland with Colin Sexton, just because uh, Sexton and Garland are both like ball dominant guards where Jalen Green can kind of play off ball and he's got the athleticism to turn into an elite defender as well. I think he's going to be a great player overall. Uh, he just has to prove that he continued to have that shot making ability and that playmaking ability that obviously showed a little bit in the G League. Um, but I really like him. I'm happy he's, a, he's available at three. Um, I think Cleveland will be even happier if he's available at three. So we'll take him. So do you think if, if Mobley was available, do you think Cleveland goes Mobley there? I think it's totally up, uh, up to like whether or not they think they're going to move on from Sexton. Because they have Jared Allen at center. And I think that's a formidable center where I know you said don't draft for fit, yep. but I think Suggs and Mobley are kind of – Mobley's definitely on a tier a little bit above Suggs. However, I do really, really like Suggs. And I oh, think yeah. he fits really well alongside Garland with that defensive, defensive side of the ball. Um, so that's why I was going to pick Suggs there, um, along with the fact that, like I said, if they move Sexton, I think they're going to go for like a power forward, small forward type player. And that kind of would fit into the Mobley's type area obviously Mobley's more of a center but he can definitely feel that stretch four kind of area too with his shooting ability and his dribbling ability so I guess that was kind of my thought process when I went for Suggs originally but more than happy to take green that just makes it a no-brainer at that yep. point I got you all right now we have our uh, tag team in Toronto Hallinan, Amato, who do you guys end up taking we're gonna go with Jalen Suggs here out of Gonzaga he was a highly touted recruit coming in and he definitely lived up to that. The college game hasn't seen a floor general like that. The way he runs the floor and passes the ball is perfect for the NBA. And I think he's a good example for college instead of going to the G League or um, another pro organization, he definitely improved his stock by going to college and being on the national scene. Why is that so sad? Yeah. <laughs> we're hyped. We just got Jaden Suggs. You sound like you're about to cry. So then what do you think? <laughs> what do you guys think that Let's happens go. here with uh what happens with Lowry then? You think Lowry's gone at this point with the Sug selection? Is he a free agent? Yep. I think they can make it work. But they still have bad fleet, right? Yep. I, dude, I, would say, I would say Lowry's gone. Yeah. I would say, I, I'm I, saying I, I'm getting rid of Lowry and I'm building around Suggs and uh I think yeah. it's it's hard to it's hard to get a more smooth transition for a backcourt than going from Lowry to Jalen Suggs because they bring a lot of the same kind of I don't want to say intangibles necessarily but you know they're you know they're always going to give it their all they're always going to be able to handle the ball score um it's it's weird I'm su- gee I'm surprised uh you didn't mention anything about the football mentality with Jalen yeah, Suggs. Yeah, as a quarterback. Yeah, with him being a quarterback. You can definitely see that, um, the skills he has from being a quarterback into his being a point yeah. guard. Yeah, all right. On to Orlando. Toronto, get out of here. Uh, <laughs> Kylie is back on the clock here with the Orlando Magic this time. Yeah, I was going back and forth between Kuminga and Scotty Barnes here. 
I think as we've seen in almost every professional sports league, the Florida teams love to take their homegrown. And I'm going Scotty Barnes, Florida State here. I think he's great defensively. He's got offensive potential. I think he'll fit right in with that kind of defensive identity with Jonathan Isaac and Chumo Kiki and potentially if Mo Bamba stays healthy and grows into his body more, they could be really scary defensively. I think he's got great offensive potential. Um, he's a big body, can play point guard for his size, um, could be one of those kind of downhill, just give, give him the ball guys. Um, and I've got another pick coming up too that I think will definitely – Hopefully, if he's still there, compliment him this pick. So, Scotty Barnes is my pick here. I think I know who you're thinking about picking. I'm on the clock again at number six with Oklahoma City. We have been linked to that guy. I'm not going to take him, though, uh, even though he is one of my favorite players. I'm going to go with Kaminga here. I was really hoping Scotty would be available because at that point I'd be between three players for this pick. But Kaminga just offers, like, this really athletic uh, seven-footer that played in the G League. Uh, I think he's he's definitely a lot better than what he showed. Uh, his shot struggled a lot, but you could see the athleticism. You could see the defensive flashes and potential. It's just about making sure that he can put it together. I think for Oklahoma City, that's a perfect place to do it because he can grow on the fly like what Pogushevsky was able to do this year too. Um, the pressure won't be all that high on him to be able to really produce from the get-go. I think that'll be pretty big for him. So Jonathan Kaminga is the pick for me at number six with Oklahoma City. Over to Nick now with, honestly, to me, one of the most interesting selections of the draft with this Golden State number seven pick. I've originally, when, if we would have done this a month ago, I think everyone would have said one certain player. I don't know if he's going to get picked here, but he is at this he is okay because yeah, i was is. gonna say at this point it, the conversation has become a lot more open just within mock draft so uh davian mitchell is that who we're uh, going davion with mitchell is going to be a warrior i, I was between him and book night i just you think little shit <laughs> i just love uh, davion mitchell just got it all he's older and uh on a team that's probably going to be competing for a playoff spot maybe hopefully a top six seed in the West, they kind of need that older guy. Davion Mitchell plays defense. He can guard one through three really well. He showed in the national championship game. He's one of the best on-ball defenders in the NBA or in the NCAA. So I think it's just a no-brainer on that end. He can come in, play under Clay Thompson. If Clay Thompson's not 100% to start the season, he can start potentially for Clay Thompson. But he has the perfect place to not only have to stop, like step in and be an instant producer, but he can come in, play a role, and turn into a producer. And just come in, if his shot's not working right away, he can play great defense. We already know that he can do that. And if his shot's hitting from the beginning, then I don't know why you wouldn't take him here. He's, I think this is a really low-risk pick with a pretty solid ceiling. I think there's definitely a higher ceiling picks. I think Book Knight could have been that. But I think Davion Mitchell, just that perfect player for a team that's competing for uh, a playoff spot next year. I like it. I like it. And so uh, book night was the other guy I was kind of referring to. He's <laughs> been in a lot of discussions yeah. linked with golden state recently. I know, uh, uh, KOC released a mock draft today for the ringer, which had book night going at seven to, uh, to golden state. So 
was wondering if you go that direction, but you went the uh, the more traditional route. And honestly, I could, I could see it going either way. Now on to number eight, I think uh, UConn guy may or may not be going off the board here. Let's see. Kylie, what says you? Orlando at number eight. From the University of Connecticut, James Booknight. I think his offensive game clearly fits in with – you know, the team that they're building here, especially if they do get Scotty Barnes, I think a starting lineup of Cole Anthony, Book Knight, Isaac, Scotty Barnes, and then whoever fills in at center is a great building block kind of for the future. Uh, they got a couple p- decent pieces off the bench. I think this is a, a great pick. And, you know, he'll be that kind of offensive focus on a very defensive team. So he'll get to kind of shine in what he is great at and that is offense and creating his own shot and kind of the drive and dish mentality. So are you concerned about his shot from this past year? Or do you think a lot of that was due to his elbow injury that he had his deep shot specifically? Yeah, I think he did get affected from that injury. I think he's shown potential to be a good outside shot and that'll definitely get better in the NBA as he continues to grow as a player and get that better training and coaching. I think that's something he'll definitely grow into and playing off Cole Anthony would definitely help with that. Got it. All right, Sacramento, you guys are on the clock. Number nine, Howlin and G back in here. Seems like they are still delegating over their decision. Let's see. I saw a head nod there. The Kings are in a tough spot here. Yeah, Kings are not – it's not playing well for them right now. Yeah, so uh, the Kings are going to take Moses Moody. Okay. Yes. I like that. I like that a lot. I think – I've seen Moses Moody play in person three or four times this year, and each time I'm like, wow, this guy can score. Like, I think he kind of reminds – I don't know, like, I might, I might get destroyed for this comparison, but, like, I can see him being, like, on the Kings, feeling like what Mikael Bridges was on the Phoenix Suns. Oh, that's fair. Like yeah, that, that's a good like that good, like, role player, but he can start, and he's, like, shooting outside shots, extremely athletic. He's super long. He's, like, 6'8", um, and he's a shooter. So, I mean, I think uh, any team could use that, you know, a tall wing who can shoot who's really athletic. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that was my reason to pick. Garrett might have had other people in mind, but I was set on Moody. Garrett, who are you thinking? I was thinking Moody. Okay. He doesn't <laughs> want to see happen, Jack. I don't know. Yes, he's capping. But yeah, so that, I, was, that, that was my pick. I like the Moody. I also – I like the Bridges comparison. The one thing, I will give Bridges the nod in – I think Bridges is a little more – athletic there but I think that is the type of yeah a little a wee bit Uh, I think that is though that's the type of player that you're looking at here with Moody and his measurables were crazy like I knew that they would be good but he's the type of dude who for me personally I was like oh this guy should go in the 20s after the tournament and now there's like there's no shot like to me it's like this guy is a top 10 type player or at least should be so all right Number 10, closing out the top 10, we have New Orleans. Uh, Nick, you are on the clock. This is a little bit of a surprise pick, but I'm going to go Trey Murphy here. I, uh, so I think he's the new Cam Johnson. I think he's going to be the Cam Johnson of this draft. Drafted a little too high, a guy that wasn't an absolute superstar in college, but has just uh, shot 40% from three over four years with over 400 attempts. 
So he clearly has a consistent three-point shot. He's long athletic. And New Orleans just needs shooters. They need guys that can space the floor for guys like Zion. Uh, obviously, Zion's dominant, but he's dominant in the paint. So the more spacing you can have, you could even run a small ball lineup with Trey, Trey Murphy at the four and Zion at the five, maybe, where Trey Murphy can play that kind of corner three position. But I really like Trey Murphy. Um, if he could, his defense can translate to the next level. His athleticism is there. I don't know if it's NBA there yet, but I really like the pick. I would really like that to see this pick here just because I think the three ball percentage is something that they're really looking for. I was between him and Moody at 10, actually. So I was going to, I was going to reach for Moody too, according to the big board, but uh, I like Trey Murphy here. I think he's a great fit on a really exciting up and coming team in New Orleans. I like it. And Murphy too, like he came out of absolutely nowhere mm-hmm. this year. Like he went, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, he literally went from, like, undrafted to, like, 40s to now, like, top 20 minimum, um, which is certainly a interesting one. So I am now on the clock with the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets are in a less than envious spot as well. They really need a big, but I don't know how comfortable I am reaching for a big here. So I'm going to go with a very controversial pick. I'm going Keon Johnson here. Does not necessarily fit with what their team's immediate needs are. I just didn't feel comfortable picking Kai Jones here. I think Kai Jones is certainly, he was in contention for me, but I think Keon's potential, worst case scenario, he's going to bust his ass defensively. He's super athletic. That's never going to go away. There's just a little more polish that's needed. I think, playing next to a guy like LaMelo where he can just carve out his own role and LaMelo can really allow him to exist. I think that's going to do a ton for his confidence. So I'm going Keon Johnson here at 11 for Charlotte. I just hate Charlotte's roster. It's, it's a weird one. Um, and this certainly doesn't help it. They need a big man desperately. I went back and forth with getting Kai Jones, but I'm not, necessarily yeah. too sold on him especially at i think this, he could uh, just be like another biz back biombo type situation because yeah. kai I, jones I, isn't that tall is he he's like six nine i think six ten he didn't yeah. even i don't think he even started either right on texas i'm pretty no, sure it was jericho. yeah it was jericho sims so i don't know i feel like the center position for them it certainly needs to be addressed but i'm not gonna do it here all right spurs 12 howl and amato welcome back thank you you're going to go with Franz Wagner out of Michigan. Sort of like his brother, more athletic and can shoot better. And the Spurs love their forwards. So we're going to go with Franz here. Not what Holland wanted, but <laughs> that's who I want. I like yeah, I'm shocked, you let you, I'm shocked he let you pick that. Yeah, he's very against it. <laughs> so do you, think I, this, do you think the Spurs would want to look for like a – you think they would take a risk and go for a high upside guy like a Giddy, perhaps, or I mean, you Jalen never Johnson, know. Maybe I don't. Bitch, but I feel, I almost feel as if if there were any year for them to do it because I think traditionally they're going to be the ones to like reach on guys and draft guys that are like just solid players overall. I feel like if there were any year for them to kind of like go for a home run, this is probably the year because with the Jaylen. way. I don't know if it's Jalen necessarily, but I could totally – I could see Franz too. I'm just wondering if they end up taking a riskier prospect here. Because, I mean, just with what the board looked like, 
Giddy was available. Johnson was available. Shangun was available. Uh, I think those are really the only guys that would have fit. But overall, I, I think Johnson leaving Duke's not going to help him. I agree. I think he fell quite a bit after that. I agree. So we'll. Uh, I, I could. I honestly don't see Popovich wanting Jalen Johnson. It would be a lot. That would be a weird fit. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. It would be a lot. All right. 13, Indiana. Kylie, first off, uh, do you think Indiana actually ends up making this pick? That will be my first question to you. If they do trade it, it'll be a package with uh, somebody like Brogdon or Turner. Uh, I think they're kind of – they say they want to stick with this roster they have, just test what the good health is. But we haven't been healthy in three years, so I don't know what they're <laughs> testing. Um, I think it's – we've got like – five or six good players, no great players, may arguably Sabonis, but he's not really kind of a takeover type player. So, I mean, I would love to see him take a uh, draft here. I mean, I haven't seen a good draft pick since Paul George. So, (laughs) um, let's hope that if they do pick here that they can – hit on it and I'm kind of going to stretch here a little bit. Uh, we need, we need a true point guard. Brogdon, I think is more of a two. He's solid, but I think he's plays more of a two. Um, I'm actually going to go Cameron Thomas from LSU. Ooh. Uh, I think Indiana kind of lacks a true go-to scorer, and he's, I feel like this guy's potential is, out of the roof. I mean, he was second in the NCAA in scoring last year as a true freshman. I think his upside is just tremendous, and he's a true go-to scorer. I think that's something the team's lacking, and it fits positionally. So, You see him as a one? Yeah. I see him personally. I see him more of as a two. I mean, he's going to score. It doesn't matter matter where you play him. He is a guaranteed bucket getter late in the game which I think How do you is see, like when do you see him as a one from I guess I think he's great at creating his own shot and with the ball in his hands so okay. when you said when you said pure point guard I started writing Sharif Cooper because I was like dang the Auburn guy taking Sharif Cooper at 13 huh but yeah I, I like I like Cam though I do really I like the Cam. fit I don't agree with how yeah. like your judgment of him as a true point guard but I like the fit on the team same I think he could blow because he's six four. I mean, he's a tall, he's a tall, like a relatively tall point guard at that point. So, I I don't see him as a true point guard, but I think him and Brogdon could complement each other well. We'll see because Brogdon could kind of do a little bit of everything. And yeah. Then if Cam yeah. Thomas, Cam Thomas could be the go-to sh- score at the end of the game. So I'm up. It, that I'm up. that should honestly that that should add a ton to that team as well. Yeah. All right, Golden State. Nick, you are back on the clock with your second pick. Of course, Golden State previously got Davion Mitchell. Yeah, so here I was targeting – so I was – I don't know. This is a tough spot for me. I'm between potential and uh, just – you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. Jalen Johnson at 14, that's my pick. I think he could be a Draymond Green type player for them, uh, just kind of a do-it-all uh, small because he's technically a point guard, but he's like six nine, and I think 
Steve Kerr's kind of shown that he can deal with different personalities really well. So I think in terms of growth and development, Jalen Johnson's going to a good place for that. Uh, playing under a guy like Jalen uh, Draymond Green, who can kind of do a little bit of everything. Obviously, I think Jalen Johnson could turn into a better passer than Draymond Green, but Draymond Green's just basketball instincts by itself, I think, are super valuable for a guy like Jalen Johnson. Somebody who's kind of felt like he's better than the team just in general. I think him going to a contender uh, straight out of the gate would be good for him. <clears throat> and I think he's got a ton of potential. So not only – I think he has a solid ceiling – or a solid floor and a really high ceiling just because of his intangibles. He's a tall point guard by trade, but he can play one through four, one through five easily. And if that shot-making ability can get done and he can kind of figure out his off-the-court issues, I think this guy could be a steal at 14, and especially at Golden State. I think this is a perfect place for him to go where they can take a risk on a guy that maybe has a little bit of a risk, but there's a lot of reward there, uh, especially with that playmaking ability. I dig it. I dig it. So it's interesting. I've got Bleach Report's uh, mock draft up right now. They have Johnson going right around here. CB, or CBS also has Johnson going right around here. Um, I think teams are certainly going to be turned away from – him quitting on I'm pretty sure he quit mm. on his high school team too didn't he well so what happened was he left his high school because I'm from Wisconsin so mm -hmm. he played uh he's from Wisconsin he went to Nicolet High School they won a state championship his junior year and he committed to Duke and then he went to IMG and then he's just like oh I don't I'm home. he's homesick is what he said but he quit halfway through and then went back to Nicolet and somehow he was allowed to play in the playoffs for Nicolet so then they won state again but I mean Jack can talk about this too um, we watched him play at EYBL a couple of years ago and he was the best kid on the floor by a mile. He was so impressive. I'm talking about Jalen Johnson, Jack. Being on the university, do you remember that game? Yes, yeah, so I remember amazing. that game. Free State because it was a 16 team, right? Yeah, it was a 16 U game and it was yeah. just, they were, I was blown away. That team was also, they had Patrick Baldwin on that team too. That yes, yeah, team. that was the other game. And uh, Giannis's brother, right? The younger yeah. One. Yeah. Not Dang. That. That was a solid game. <laughs> Dank. All right. So, on, right? so Jalen Johnson is the pick at 14, 15. Washington on the clock for the first time. Howlin and Amato, over to you. So that's some last-minute discussion here. <laughs> I would love to be – just unmute yourself. Just I want to hear you guys' fly discussion. on the wall. <laughs> uh, we had some debate about this. Yeah, we're going to go Josh Giddy on last year. really took over. We're going Josh Giddy from Australia. I wanted Corey Kispert. Garrett took over and wanted picked Josh Kitty. So Garrett Wise picked Josh Kitty. He's out of Australia. He was in the same league as Lamelo and RJ Hampton, and he reminds a lot of people of Lamelo. He um, he's an oversized point guard. Um, he's considered one of the best passers in the class, and there's always foreign guys going this early, and I think he's going to be the one. Okay. I wanted Kispert because Kispert's a knockdown three-pointer, and they already have two guards with Westbrook and Bradley Beal, and they got Net, uh, Neto. So I don't think – and with uh, Giddy can't shoot threes. That was not in yet. this guy. Not, yeah, yet. Not, okay, not yet, not yet. But that <laughs> was in this guy report, he cannot shoot threes. So I'm going to go with the 6'8 knockdown shooter that can shoot threes with a bunch of these good passing point guards. All right, so – G said Giddy Our first. Giddy. So, no, yeah, the pick yeah. was Giddy's Giddy. the pick. pick was Giddy. Giddy's the pick. Um, <laughs> I'm, I think I'm gonna agree with Jack there, personally. I can too. I think with Giddy though, you don't have to play him at guard, but you lose a lot of the value if you're not playing him to guard. Like you can play him at a forward position, but 
And see, that's why I feel like Washington would struggle, like moving um, yeah. Westbrook around or Bradley Beal. I don't know. I, th- I don't think they would do that. For me, he was personally, he was my third out of the like top three international guys. He's third on my list just because I see, I see the other two having more uh, an easier time transitioning. And uh, so I'm on the clock here, Oklahoma City. I am between two international guys right now. Uh, I'll do it. It's a tough one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Sangoon here. Uh, really really tough decision for me. Uh, I know Garuba will certainly be in the discussion here. I'm a little surprised that Sangoon's even available still. This guy won. I believe he won MVP in the Turkish League, which is very hard to do. Just based on stats over there, he's the most impressive player in this draft. That's not the case. That's not gonna happen. Um, I see an Ennis Cantor comparison. That is a potential issue for him just because defense, it's never going to be there. I see much more uh, Sabonis with him. Sabonis is a little more athletic, a little better handling the ball, but I don't think uh, uh, Sengun should really have that much of an issue coming over here. Oklahoma City also desperately needs a center. Um, There is not one on the roster. It's uh, Isaiah Roby, I guess, but there really isn't much on the roster there in the form of a center. So. I'll go. I'll go. Shangun here. He's been my guy for a while now. Happy to see him here at 16. I think the other international big out of Spain is probably going right after here. Uh, Kylie, over to you. Memphis, yeah, uh, by the way, at 17. I'm going with Usman Garuba out of Spain. He's on the Spain national team and got the very pleasant assignment of guarding Kevin Durant in the last exhibition game and he held his own uh as an 18 19 year old international that hasn't played anything like Kevin Durant before one of the best scorers if not the best scorer in the NBA in the world right now I think he held his own showed what he could potentially come to be in the NBA and I think that definitely is moving him up draft boards and I think he's a good fit here in Memphis. Um, you know, they've got Ja and Dylan Brooks at the guards. They've got a solid whatever position Jaron Jackson is because he's a seven-footer that doesn't get rebounds. I think Garuba can come in, kind of play either on the wing or down low and be uh, solid defensively and get rebounds. Um, don't know a ton of, about his offensive game, but I'm sure he can develop into – whatever role he needs to be in that Memphis offense because they're overloaded with offense. So so the key to unlocking Garuba offensively is the development of any sort of outside shot. He's extremely athletic. As of now, you're looking at primarily dribble handoffs and like a dunker spot type guy. But if he gets a little more comfortable off the dribble driving to the hoop. You could run some of those actions like with like what Sabonis runs in Indiana, where it's a fake dribble handoff into an immediate drive and a dunk. You could see that type of thing. But if he, if he can develop an outside shot, which is completely up in the air, then that is a total, total game changer for him. I think with Garuba, you're looking at a guy who, all things considered, should end up making an all-defensive team at the forward position. That's how good this guy is defensively. So big, big Garuba fan here. I'm on the clock again with Oklahoma City at 18. So we have Kaminga and Shangun 
not a real immediate team need here. So I'm going to go with a point guard. To me, the best pure point guard in the draft. I'm saying pure point guard. Uh, I consider the rest of the guys kind of more combo. Uh, Sharif Cooper out of Auburn is my selection here. Oklahoma City has two point guards, kind of technically, with Kemba, which is funny to say he's on Oklahoma City. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, Kemba's on the roster. Shea's on the roster, too. Shea isn't. Shea can move off the ball, uh, even off the bench. Tail Maladon, he can move off the ball too. That's no big deal. So I'm picking Sharif here. Really good passer, a lot taller. I wonder if it'll shrink once uh, he gets to Oklahoma City because I don't, he had like a sudden height growth. But overall, really, really excited with how the drafts ended up falling for Oklahoma City here. We were able to get a, I wish we got Scotty Burns, but we didn't. Uh, but still, again, Shangun and Cooper as well as Kamingo. That's not a bad consolation prize. Number 19, the New York Knicks with Nick once again. Back on the block. I was also targeting a point guard here, but however, I, regardless of who you were taking, I I think Jared Butler is a better point guard here. Uh, Now that the health issues are all cleared up, thank God. Uh, I just think Jared Butler, especially on a team that's aspiring to make the playoffs again and be a contender in the playoffs, I think Jared Butler's the perfect uh, guard for the system. A lot like Davion Mitchell, um, yep. my reason for taking Davion Mitchell a little bit earlier. Um, and this is assuming that the Knicks don't make any trades where they get, like like I said, like a Colin Sexton type player. I think Jared Butler's a perfect type of player for that system. He's a great defender, and he's proved in the national championship game that he's a great leader. He's the best player on the best team in the nation. Uh, hate to say that as I was rooting for Gonzaga, but I just think Jared Butler's think a perfect fit here. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I think Jared Butler's going to be, I think he'll do great in New York too. I don't think there's going to be a lot of pressure on this pick just because I, I don't know. He doesn't really have the name recognition as some of the other guys like the Obi Toppins that are just like, Oh my God, it's Obi Toppin high flyer. It's kind of Jared Butler kind of under the radar. He's been under the radar for most of his career up until his senior year of college. Uh, I, I think, it's a good fit here. He's a good shot maker. He's a good defender. Uh, he's a little undersized, but I think he'll be able to adjust pretty well in the NBA. Um, the roster's built pretty well um, for him to fit right in and either start or come off the bench um, to start the season. We'll see how the, how the Knicks go in the offseason, but I think Jerry Butler will be a great pick here. I like it. His And his shooting ability, too, is it's pretty nice. Yeah, they'll um, open things up. Definitely. And the Knicks have needed a they definitely need some help at the guard spot. All right, number 20, we're uh, bringing the brain trust back in. Uh, Atlanta <laughs> Hawks are drafting here. Howland and Amato, you are back. Let's see if they'll agree on this one. I hope they don't screw it up because this is an extremely interesting pick. Yeah, honestly, both my picks got snagged. <laughs> I, I wanted, I really wanted Sharif for the Hawks because I thought he could be the perfect backup for Trey. And he got snagged, so I was like, all right, Butler's like, that's a solid second. Now he's gone, too. Um, but we talked together about this one. <laughs> We're going to pick – really? Uh, yeah, I'm with that. I'm, that's so much better than the other one. We're going to go Io Desumu. Oh, what the fuck? Okay. Okay. 6'5", can play shooting guard. He's super athletic, long. I love his game. <laughs> and I love Googs. But if we did pick him, we were going to pick Trey Mann. 
Uh, honestly, I don't like Trey Mann really. Um, I think I don't think he's that athletic. I know he's like notoriously like a really good like three point shooter. Like he was getting so many comparisons from Steph Curry out of high school, but I feel like he totally underperformed at uh, at Florida. So I really don't want to pick him. So I'm glad I like I ten times more than Trey Mann. Good job, Garrett. You want to weigh in on that? I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. There we go. We got a <laughs> over here. I like uh, Io. I just don't I know. About... We'll see. I mean, I, that would be a good fit. He's going. I anywhere. want him to fix his shot. I think his shot, his shot's not where it needs to be. His fundamentals too are kind of whack. But I mean, NBA like we're working with the best of the best. So he's also I mean, six, that's four, early, six five point guard. We're drafting needs. Yeah, yeah six five point guard shooting guard. Yeah, yeah. I think for a team like Atlanta, there's two ways they can go. One, they can go with need, or two, they can go with more luxury, like a higher upside guy. Uh, I think in play for this pick, I heard uh, – oh, shoot, what was the – the Arizona State – Josh Christopher, is that his name? Oh, oh Arizona, yeah, yeah, Arizona yeah. State. So his name's been floated around at this pick by a few people. I think Isaiah Todd also has been floated around here as kind of like a – you'll always have the access of like a stretch for your big. I don't know whether or not Gallinari is going to be on this team next year. I know there were already discussions about moving on from him. And John Collins is of course a restricted free agent this off season. So what, you know, what, what are you going to do with him? Um, I like the, I like the descent, the AO pick too. I also find it very funny that uh, a certain guy who is ranked 13th on the big board that was in discussion to get picked earlier has just completely slipped down the draft boards thus far. We'll see. I'll bring it back up when slash if he eventually goes. But uh, We could have picked him. Yeah, totally. They, they already got too many shooters with Bogdan and Herder. They have a great issue of just having so much wing talent at this point, too. Exactly. And Okongwu is out for like six months, but you're not going to draft a big this early for them. All right. New York, we're back 21st overall. I'm so disappointed. I was expecting Kispert to be out by now. So I was like, I'm, obvi- I'm taking Kispert. Yep. Um, but I was going to take Chris Duarte because I thought he, I think that's actually, I think this is a spot where he could actually go. Chris Duarte, just because he's that, he's pretty much not the same player, but he's a very similar player to what uh, Kispert is, I'm drafting Kispert as, is a three-point shooter. Uh, the Knicks are losing Reggie Bullock more than likely to free agency. He's a free agent this year. Um, and I think they kind of need to replace that. He was pretty big in the playoffs this past year, so they're going to need some shooting. Obviously, uh, Julius Randle, we know what he can do. He's more of a driver, and he decided that he's a three-point shooter this season, but they definitely need to make sure that the paint is unclogged for him uh, and Mitchell Robinson if he's ever healthy. But I really think, I really think that Kispert is – a great fit here if he's available. I really don't think he's going to be available in real life, but, but who knows? I mean, maybe they'll listen to this podcast and be like, holy shit, we need somebody over Kispert in the top in the lottery. But, hey, we'll take Kispert at – what am I at? When is this, 21? 21? 21, yeah. Yeah, so I think shooting is the biggest need here for the Knicks. So I think that's why Kispert's on my team now. <laughs> Got it. I like it. I think uh... – I could totally see Kispert slipping this far too, by the way. Uh, really? I think, yeah, I, I think maybe, maybe someone trades off into the late teens for him, but I just feel as if there are higher up, like, you know, like if it's Trey Murphy versus Kispert, I think most are probably leaning Trey Murphy here at mm-hmm. this point. Um, 
same with France. Like I, I feel comfy saying France is going to go lottery. There's no, uh, no reason he shouldn't. Whereas with Kispert, you know, there were those concerns. He's pretty close at this point to being a finished product too. Uh, one of the yeah, that's older true. guys here. Um, that's pretty good value for the Knicks though. Getting Butler and Kispert yeah, that's there. That's great value. And that's, it's low pressure for them too. Because like you mentioned earlier, it's not a high flyer and they're getting drafted late teens, early twenties and adding mm-hmm. to an already. Those are, those are pretty plug and play guys. So yeah, I like it. All right. Lakers. How are you going to fix that horrible, horrible team? Uh, 22nd overall, of course, I'm being facetious. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, free agent this offseason, turned down the $79 million bag, similar to his former teammate, Nerlens Noel, did from Dallas a few years back. But we're not going to really criticize him too much for that one. All right, Kylie, what are you doing here at 22? Yeah, so I don't think that the Lakers necessarily take this pick. I think they potentially look at a signing trade for Schroeder along with this pick to get another solid piece in there with LeBron and Davis. They're clearly in win now mode with LeBron's age and kind of the team that they have built there. But since we're not doing trades, I'm going with Chris Duarte from Oregon. I think if they do take this pick, they're going to not want a project kind of prospect here. They're going to want a more solid, polished player, and I think Duarte fits that bill. He's a solid shooter, uh, decent on defense. He has great athleticism, so it can tran- that always translates over. Um, you know, LeBron's always just dishing the ball, so if he's just a spot-up shooter off a screen or something, he'll be perfect in that offense. And, you know, his age is a downside, but I think with the Lakers here, it's honestly a plus, so. I like it. I mean, I think the Lakers would be thrilled to get a guy like him at this spot. Uh, that's just overall, you know, he'll give you stuff defensively and shooting wise. It's it's hard to ask for something better than him this late. Uh, I'm back on the clock at 23 and 24 for Houston. Uh, kind of feeling weird because I took Mobley earlier on. I, at this point, I'm extremely intrigued by Kai Jones. I'm not going to do it, though. Uh, I'm going to take a high upside guy who just fell off of a cliff in college. Uh, I'm going Zaire Williams here at 23. We have nothing to lose. We were one of the worst teams in the league this past year. So I'm going to go ahead, just pick Zaire, higher upside guy. Will he put, be able to put it together in the NBA? Unclear, but... Overall, I, I really feel comfortable being able to take a risk like that. 24 becomes a little more interesting. I'm pulling up their roster here just to see what they have working with. All right, I'm going to go with uh, – this is another high ups I got. Unfortunately, he is a, four, or a power forward, so we're kind of clogged with bigs. I'm going Isaiah Todd. Uh, Heat – to me, when I look at Isaiah Todd, he's the type of guy who would he have gone to Michigan this past year, he would not be in discussions like late first, early second round. He would be going a lot higher. Uh, I've been listening to interviews, and when they talked with the G League Ignite coach, he was very complimentary about you know all four of the guys. So you have Knicks, you have Todd, you have Kaminga, and then you have Green. But anytime he talked about Green and then Isaiah Todd, it was like 
totally different. It was like he just could not say enough good things about them, just very positive about their work ethic. And I honestly think if you give Isaiah Todd a more structured area, I guess, where it's like he's able to grow, he's able to make those mistakes, kind of like what G League was, but with veteran players somewhat surrounding him, I think he'll absolutely be able to thrive as a potential stretch big. So overall, thrilled that I was able to get two really high upside guys in Sire and Isaiah Todd at these uh, two picks. A little disappointed that I had to go with a big there. I would have liked to get Duarte or someone like that just as a uh, more steady presence, I guess, for the team. But overall, I think I think the team will look to go out, get some sort of guard as well. I mean, they have a stud at guard already who I think they'll end up playing. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. at a point mm-hmm. guard. I would think this upcoming year. So you'll, you'd be looking for an off guard somewhere, which those are a dime a dozen. So with what they're looking to do, I think this is a pretty good one. All right, Clippers. Uh, Nick, you are back on the clock. Yeah, I think the Clippers have a pretty good situation going in here. They Their roster is pretty deep. Um, I'm looking for a high upside, high uh, energy guy. Um, and that's the position of center. So we're going to go with Kai Jones here. I think there's great value with Kai Jones. He can space the floor a little bit. I'd like to see him work on his three-point shooter shooting a little bit more, but he's a really versatile defender, which I think is something that any team would want, and especially a team that's a contender. And he'll be playing under certain guys all season. Like, I think Ibaka's still signed, and then Morris, I think I think those guys are coming back, both coming back. And if they are, then those are two guys that are perfect to play under. I think Kai Jones is going to be – I think he's going to grow into a great role onto this team, and I can see him starting in the next couple of years just because he's – He's got a lot of upside, and the Clippers can kind of take a risk on a guy like that uh, late in the first round. And I think Kai Jones, especially if he can show that he can hit three-pointers at a better clip, he showed in college that he can at least hit them at a consistently – like he was pretty average. Uh, If he can go any – if he can work on that even a little bit, I think he's going to be a really valuable pick. And at 25, I don't see why you don't go that – don't go Kai Jones. I think there's a lot of upside here with this pick. I like it. I, I definitely like it. I'd be, frankly, I'd be a little surprised if he was available at 25. Yeah. And for a team like the Clippers, where there is that hole at, let's call it center, I guess, big man, dunker spot type guy, mm-hmm. I think Kai would be able to fill that hole pretty. Yeah. Uh, if Kai pretty, wasn't there, I was going to go JT Thor. I, I yep. like that. It, it's kind of a similar fit, but since Kai's there, you got to take Kai. Yeah. All right, 26, uh, bringing back Gian Hallinan here. Uh, there is a Kentucky player available here, so I'm wondering if uh, he just made he's going to end up all coming the off the yeah, board. Gary just threw both of his nice. hands up. Denver, <gasps> yeah. I got he didn't say anything. Denver drafting at 26. Power forward by the name of Isaiah, but we're going to take the better one, Isaiah Jackson. I know Kentucky had a shit year last year, but he was a bright spot. He's insane shot blocker. He showed a lot of growth on the offensive side, and I think he fits really well with Denver. Throw Jam- Jamal Murray at point, Porter Jr. at shooting guard, and Gordon at small forward, and Jokic and Jackson in the paint. I think that works well. Oh, you think he starts right off the rip? Eventually. I think he fits in that roster really well. Yeah, I think regardless of whether or not he starts from day one, it'll uh... – It'll be nice being able, you know, Melsap's getting up there. Uh, it'll be nice being able to go from like Aaron Gordon to him, like right off the bench. Yeah, uh, and that would make a massive lineup. 
Yeah. No, that would be – I like it. I like it. All right, Kylie, Brooklyn, you're back. Yeah. 27th. As we all know, Brooklyn's stacked, so there's not a ton of needs here except the center position. And this will be a little bit of a stretch, but I don't think the Nets really are in a position where this pick is a huge deal breaker. But I'm going with Charles Bassey from Western Kentucky. He's a great rebounder, and they have four great offensive options. He rebounds on both sides of sides of the ball, and that's one thing that for sure translates from college to NBA game is rebounding. And he's not the tallest, but he measured well with his wingspan. And I think he's going to be relentless on the boards. And if that's his main focus on a team where he won't be really touching the ball much, then I think he'll really excel in that role and on this team. I like it. I, I like the decision to go big, too. Uh, I think another guy that's in discussion here is Dayron Sharp out of UNC. That was another somewhat late riser for them. But uh, I think of the two, Bassey certainly has the higher uh, the higher upside there. But, I mean, ain't no issue going with the big, no matter who it is. With that team, they, they'll make whoever they pick look pretty good here. All right, Nick, you are back on the clock. Philadelphia, this is Philly's first pick, ain't it? Yep. Yeah, it is. All right. How are you? Uh, how are you fixing Ben Simmons here with this pick? Oh, well, I'm not expecting Ben Simmons to be on the roster, and at, at at some point, I don't know if it's pre or post draft, but I'm not expecting him to be there. So I think they're going to target a point guard slash shooting guard type player. So I'm going to go Jaden Springer here. Uh, he's younger. He's on the younger side of the prospect scale, and he's known for his defense just right off the bat, which is <laughs> pretty much what Ben Simmons is known for. However, I think. Jaden Springer has got a little better. He's got a better shot, obviously. And I think he's a little more confident driving. And I think he's going to, I think he can turn into a great player for them. Uh, there's a lot of upside with Jaden Springer um, and getting him late first round isn't the worst thing, especially if they do end up trading Ben Simmons, they can kind of get a veteran guard that can start over Springer from the start. And then Springer could either take over midway through the season or maybe next season. But I think Springer is a great pick here just for, few of the things that he'll be able to offer, maybe not right away, but in the future, just because if uh, Philadelphia is trading Ben Simmons, they're going to be getting some other pieces to contend with right off the bat. And if Ben Simmons is still there, then Jaden Springer is a great backup option for him. So I think it's a win-win pick either way with uh, Ben Simmons' situation. I like it. I definitely think other names too. I think guard will be the pick here. I think you could – also be looking at like a guy like Bones Highland out of VCU here but uh I mean Springer too that's that's about where he should go uh you get that backup guard too or even starting guard uh good fit good fit there so this one uh this 29th pick um Phoenix Suns GM here uh we're coming up to the end of this thing wow uh I of course just coming off of a finals loss uh losing my backup point guard. So I'm going to get a guard type guy campaign to unrestricted free agent this off season. I don't anticipate that they'll be able to keep him. Um, so I'm going to go with Miles McBride. Uh, I just got a very violent reaction from Haldin. Uh He's not too happy. No one was touching him. I was like, yo, I'm locking him up. I'm going to get him 30th or behind. I had a whole spiel ready. Go ahead, nope. go for it. So I'm going Miles McBride here. I think 
the absolute worst case scenario for him is he's a good defender off the bench. I think he'll overall be a very valuable piece for a contending team, being able to defend, being able to be that kind of backup guard playmaker, uh, can shoot the ball a little bit too. So you're not asking him to do too much here, just simply be a calming presence off the bench that can really lock things in. How did, did I, uh, did I miss anything there? Yeah. Deuce McBride, he's a winner. He snapped his ankle in high school. He was a football prospect, switched to basketball, came back, and just totally dominated. <laughs> he, he's a winner. He's so athletic, great defender, he, and his shot has gotten like dramatically better from freshman to sophomore year, his three ball. Um, it's a little like it's kind of hitched, but it's, it's still like it's knocked down. Um, he's just a winner. I like his mentality. He's super competitive. You can't teach that. He's a winner. And free throw percentage too is uh there is that little bit of a hitch, but his free throw percentage is pretty good, which matches up with his three point percentage. I mean, it's not he shoots like he shot eighty one percent this past year on free throws. That's enough to comfortably indicate that like this guy could be an NBA three point shooter. Uh, there shouldn't be too much of an issue there with him. So overall, thrilled to be able to kind of check off that backup point guard and that Phoenix Suns gritty type player here before Utah could lock him up at 30. Alright, the last God, pick of Derek the first round. If picks BJ Boston, you are never invited back. <laughs> okay, alright, so there were talks of BJ Boston, but we can't, <laughs> we can't do it. Can't do BJ Boston, I don't think. Can't win with That's it. not reasonable. We're going to go Greg Brown. Bro. The Utah Jazz. Oh. Garrett, what do you think? Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> Why do you like it? Uh, I, I honestly think Utah Jazz needed a power forward. I was looking at their roster, and they have they have a good guard. They have the sixth man of the year, Clarkson. You got Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. I was, I was going to take McBride, but obviously I can't do that anymore. And I, I honestly think Greg Brown. I was also thinking Zaire, but I stuck with Brown. Well, he's yeah. not available. Um, okay. So there are two other really, really good power forwards. Uh, look, we accept the Greg Brown selection. I don't really like Thor. Uh, so there's Thor and then there's Christopher, uh, who would also certainly be in discussions here. Christopher is not a – oh, you're saying just – Yeah. Okay. Just like value. Good. Just value-wise. Greg Brown can shoot the three, though. How tall is Christopher? 6'4". Well, I thought, I thought the motherfucker was 6'7". Whoops. Okay. Yeah, so then I guess Thor would be the only other power forward in discussion here. Um, Greg Brown, interesting. You know, interesting. It could be worse. He's. I honestly think he could develop into a good player. He just doesn't have a whole lot that could affect the offensive game. Like That, that guy was getting benched for Kai Jones uh, to close out games. I think, he has, that I think there's potential if he's young. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think it's a bit of a reach there. Let's see. What was his, his three-point percentage was 33%, 70% from the line. Uh, so, I mean, not amazing, not horrible. He's definitely – if he would go there, they would be drafting him for his defense and his upside. They would not expect him to score at all just off the bat. Coming out of college – or coming out of high school, that guy would just – it was a poster every day. Like, every EYBL game, he would be dunking on somebody's head. I wanted him at Kentucky. You, you want everybody on Kentucky. No, especially him. Yeah, no, definitely a wee bit of a reach here. I'm seeing what ESPN has them doing. 
ESPN has Bones Highland here. Uh, eh, I don't. Quentin Grimes is definitely going to a contender. He's ready to play. He's winner. He took the team to the Final Four. Great shot. He's definitely going to a team that's ready to win. Yeah, so I guess uh, we'll, we'll kind of close out here with who is still left on the board. Uh, you have Trey Mann still left here. I don't know if that happens. I would be pretty surprised. Um, so Trey Mann's still available. Joshua Primo still available. JT Thor, Quentin Grimes, Bones Highland, Dayron Sharp, Josh Christopher. Uh, and then that's kind of Brandon Boston Jr., maybe. Uh, I, I, you still can get a lot of value out of this uh, these first 10 picks here in the second round of guys who realistically, like, if this were last year, I would argue a lot of those guys would have been for like late first round picks, but because of the strength of this class, uh, it's hard for, it's hard to really swallow that pill there. Um, overall though, like me personally, I absolutely love this draft class. I think this has the potential to be an all timer. Uh, you've got the top of the, the top, let's say six of the class are crazy, crazy strong, stronger than I can remember in a while. Uh, and then I'd say up to about maybe nine or 10, depending on who goes where. I think you've also got super, super strong guys there too. Overall, just a a solid, solid class through and through. I think the majority of these guys should be able to contribute for a while. Yeah, there's definitely a good mix of contribute now and high potential guys. Um and even the high potential guys, I feel like are most of them will be able to contribute now. I think it's just the new NBA too, because like they just expect you to do one thing really well instead of just having to play and do a lot of things really well. Like for example, Isaiah Jackson. I know Garrett's in love with him, but that guy can't shoot. But he's going to be able to just stand around the rim. Garrett, don't look at me. He didn't shoot a three pointer this year. <laughs> yeah, you're on mute. I can't even hear you, buddy. Garrett, for <laughs> listeners at home that don't know Garrett, he is the biggest Kentucky fan you'll know. He's very delusional. He can't shoot yet. Yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't shoot a three-pointer his entire college career of two years. so Or one year? One. Yeah, he's holding up a one. one. But regardless, I'm excited. I, the guy that I'm most excited to see get drafted uh, probably in the second round, just potential-wise, is Josh Christopher. I was really, really high on him. Uh, coming out of high school he's a really good defender when he's focused I don't think he was the most focused at Arizona State but and he shoots super he shot super inefficient uh, at Arizona State but he was also I don't know I, I think he can turn into a really good player depending on where he goes that's my main thing with Josh Christopher I think I'm also so biased towards Josh Christopher I've been hyping this guy up for years but also I think Herb Jones could be a contributor on a, on a good team he's like a Draymond Green type player Yep, and with Herb too, Herb's been in that discussion for anywhere from like 27 to 30 of yeah. being drafted potentially in the first round too. Those are always the those are always the really late uh, the late risers there where, where you'll get those like defensive specialists and stuff like that. Um, I'll touch on international guys really quick. Uh, Rocco Perkakin, I'm probably butchering the poor guy's name. Uh, Croatia. He did not declare for the draft. A little disappointed there, but he uh, 
he's not going to declare this year. So he'll be back next year. I'm thinking he could potentially play himself in the lottery. Uh, other notable international guys that I like, Petrusev is out of Serbia is pretty sick. Uh, and then Joe Cabedas out of Lithuania is also pretty nice as well. Uh, I don't think Luka Garza should get drafted. That's my hot take there. Um, just for looking oh, at other definitely players. Definitely should not get drafted. I 100% agree with that. No. And then, gee, don't don't play those games with me, man. Um, so, yeah, no. Overall, I this was this was fun. This was a lot of fun to do. So I'm gonna double check. So, I also enjoyed doing this a lot. Yeah, no, this was fun. So this will become Pass a. Passon tweeted it four minutes ago. Passon tweeted it. Oh my god! Yeah. All right. So the breaking news here is that the Rays just acquired Nelson Cruz. I'm waiting for my phone to load. As it does not want to. Hey, play. Schultz, you think uh, Mamu Kalashvili will get drafted? No. Well, no. Second round? We'll see. I think there's better guys at power forward. I mean, I think Jeremiah, Jeremiah Robinson Earl should get drafted before him. He should get drafted, period. I really I like. He's a uh, solid player. I like Aaron Henry, too. I yes. think he's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Oh, and McKinley Wright. I think McKinley Wright could be a good backup point guard. Are there any win-now teams that have early second-rounders through trades or something? I think there's a lot of great options early second-round that a win-now team could potentially take. Well, uh, let me the tell Bucks, you. number 31. Yeah, I was going to say win-now, just one. <laughs> uh, the Bucks are 31. So you have uh, – I'll just go through the first 10 picks. It goes Bucks, Knicks, Magic, Pelicans, OKC, OKC, Detroit, Chicago, Sacramento, and then New Orleans. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of value to be had there. Um, how many picks do we think Oklahoma city actually makes for this draft? How many do you have? Seven? Six. Six. I've... I don't four. see a shot that I mean, make all six. I bet three four. or four. Right. I'm going to say four. I can't, Trade I can get on board. And say four. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep stockpiling them. So it's, like, it's like that old two guy strategy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that is uh, all we all we have for today. This was a ton of fun to do. Uh, tune in next week. We'll have a MLB trade deadline special. Even though Nelson Cruz just got traded in my Tampa Bay Rays, so very excited right for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, appreciate it. We will see y'all next week. Bucks and six.